Welcome to the official podcast for Triumvir Clio's School of Classical Civilization. I'm Beth, a.k.a. Triumvir Clio. Hello again. I hope you're all still safe and well and fighting the good fight, um, but not quite the way today's God would want you to do. I hope you're using Athena's gift of wisdom and strategy in battle instead of Ares' plain bellicosity. We have a short episode today. Uh, we've finished all of the long Homeric hymns, and there is only one in the collection dedicated to Ares, so we only have one poem to talk about today. Homeric hymn number eight. As with all of the Homeric hymns, I'm working from the Susan Shelmerdine translation, which I do highly recommend. This one's weird. It doesn't fit in with everything else that was collected into what we call the Homeric hymns. Uh, stylistically, it is much later than the rest, and it spends a lot of time on astronomy, or as much time as can be said to be a lot, since the hymn to Aries clocks in at a mere 17 lines. Um, one seven seventeen. The poem begins by listing all of Aries' epithets, all of those phrases that can be used to describe him. Successful in war, guardian of cities, leader of truly just men. The list goes on for eight of these 17 lines, and it's not like there's only one per line. There are two, three, four, depending on how long they are. That last one I mentioned, the leader of truly just men, um, that's kind of odd for Greek mythology. At the beginning of the episode, I talked about Athena, who is, um, as you hopefully know, a Greek war god. Um, and and we've seen her as the Olympian responsible for justice, both in the Iliad and in Aeschylus's Oresteia. There is no Athena in this poem. Um, basically, the way this is written, it, it does not acknowledge that there are two different war gods. There is just one. It's just Ares. And Ares is now given Athena's attribute of justice. Um, the last of the epithets describes how Ares spins the orbit of one of the seven planets, the red one, the one that shines down and gives the poet strength and war, um, the one that helps the poet keep his wits in battle, the planet Mars, obviously. And, and again, we see Ares taking on Athena's attribute of wisdom, um, she is the goddess of wisdom. Now, it could be that generally we think wis women's wisdom specifically, but um, but all wisdom, and particularly wisdom in battle. In the Iliad, we see that it's Athena who helps the warriors keep their wits in battle, not not Ares. Ares is just like egging them on to just fight and, and kill, not think strategically and keep their wits about them. Um, so yeah, it's weird. Uh, the poet ends by asking for courage to stay where there is peace and deliverance from war and a violent death. I know. It's weird. I, I keep saying that, but it is. This is purportedly a hymn to the god of war. It is definitely about him. I mean, uh, uh, everything listed. That's all. It's so Aries. Um, but except for those couple of... Uh, Athena things, but they're still war god stuff, right? Um, but this this ending, that's not what you'd think someone would ask the god of war for, is it? I, I don't think I did the injustice in my paraphrase, so I'm going to give you a direct quote from Shelmerdine's translation. Grant me courage to stay within the carefree bounds of peace, not 
grant me courage in battle and victory and war. It's grant me the courage to stay out of it. And, and we know that staying out of a war can take courage. Um, if you have not seen the Ken Burns documentary um, on the Vietnam War, very powerful listening to to those once young men who some of whom you know moved to Canada to to stay out of the war and and um or if you look at the stories from from World War One of young men who who were trying to be conscientious objectors who were put in prison for it or were given white feathers by people who they thought were their loved ones because they were cowards for staying out of it. It takes courage. But this isn't a hymn to the goddess of peace. It's a hymn to the god of war. So I'm going to say it again. It's weird. Now, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that ending, or where Athena has disappeared to, for that matter. The link to the blog, as always, is in the show notes. On Monday, we will go over what is probably the most famous of Euripides' plays, Medea. If you haven't read it, enjoy. It's a great play. I'll talk to you then. You can join the discussion of this and everything covered in this podcast by following the link in my show notes. And if you're enjoying what you've heard so far, please consider supporting the show with a monthly donation of your choosing, just like public radio. And please also consider giving a five-star review on your podcatcher of choice so that more people can discover the fun that is Triumvir Clio's School of Classical Civilization.